Hello everyone and welcome to this NBA offseason special edition episode of The Buzz with Ben. In this episode we will be displaying and going over everything that has happened during this NBA offseason and breaking it down. Without any further ado, let's get into this episode of The Buzz with Ben. The first major deal that happened during this NBA offseason was the Suns made a trade for Bradley Beal. In this trade, they included 10 picks, 6 first-round picks, 4 second-round picks, some of those being swaps. And really what this comes down to is the Suns are trying to compete now as they have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and now Bradley Beal. In this trade, Chris Paul was included and he was sent to the Wizards along with those picks. I think it was mainly to make the contracts work, but nonetheless, they were also trying to get rid of him on his own, so it was a good way to do that. Bradley Beal is really good, and he will definitely help the Suns as he's a good scorer, but the only thing is Devin Booker has never been asked to, in his career, play point guard, and he has never been the facilitator. He's always been the guy who can put up 30 points a game and just score. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for him and how it affects Bradley Beal as he's always been the good player, bad team type of guy. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how he performs for Phoenix. The next big trade was the Celtics traded for Christoph Porzingis. They later signed him to a two-year $60 million deal extension, but in this trade they sent Marcus Smart to Memphis and it was a three-team deal where the other team in the deal also got Tyus Jones. Now the main thing about this deal was the Celtics getting Porzingis. The Celtics got Porzingis to try to fill the hole as a big man. Porzingis does have a lot of injury history, and that can be an issue potentially going into it. But the main thing that kind of goes into it is the Celtics get Porzingis. He can be a good big man who can shoot, spread the floor, can still leave minutes for Robert Williams and Al Horford to be the big man down low. And he's also 7-3, so he's good on defense, and he's going to be able to block shots. Porzingis will be an interesting aspect on the Celtics, and he will be a very good player, and they will be a very good team, assuming he can stay healthy. For the Grizzlies side of this, they get a good player like Marcus Smart. They only give up Tyus Jones, who ended up going to the Wizards, the team that Porzingis was traded away from. And Marcus Smart is a good player, former Defensive Player of the Year, and he can hopefully help Memphis get their guards working as they have lost Dylan Brooks, and that'll be a deal that we talk about later. And the Wizards, they get rid of Porzingis, they get some picks, and they get Tyus Jones. So they were just kind of trying to unload the contracts, my understanding, and try to retool their team and start their rebuild. Which, speaking of the Wizards trying to start their rebuild, they traded away Chris Paul very soon after getting him to the Wizards, and they got Jordan Poole. Now, I think this is just kind of getting, trying to get rid of Chris Paul's contract and getting a young player. He is on a big contract after he was recently signed to one, but he is a younger player than Chris Paul. He has more upside for the future, and they can hopefully help develop him and help him get his confidence back, and that'll be a good deal for them if they can get Poole's confidence back. The next and final deal that happened before free agency opened up was the Jazz traded for John Collins and traded away Rudy Gay to the Hawks. When this deal went down, I didn't understand it at all. John Collins is significantly better than Rudy Gay. I did not understand why they were basically traded straight up for each other. John Collins is the better player. He's also younger, so I don't know why the Hawks do this deal. In my mind, this is a major win for the Jazz, and maybe Rudy Gay can help you more now, but I it does that one doesn't make much sense to me. I think they may have also gotten a second-round pick or something, but that was not worth it in my mind. I think the Jazz got a huge win there. Now... 
to open up with the free agency, the first deal that we have was Desmond Bain signed an extension with the Grizzlies for five years, $207 million. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't have anything against Desmond Bain. But with that being said, I don't know that he should get $207 million over five years. That seems a little outrageous just to me. That's slightly over $40 million a year. Desmond Bain is good. I don't think he's $40 million good. But I guess, as you'll see later in this, there's a lot of people who are getting some money that seems a little bit too much. So I guess if you're trying to retain him, that's what you had to do. So good job to them for that. And the next deal that we have talked about is Victor Oladipo was traded to the Thunder with picks attached. See, what I think is really smart about this deal is the Thunder did this on draft night where they traded for the number 10 pick and they traded away. They also got the 10 pick. They got Davis Bertans and they traded away the 12th pick. They traded up and didn't give anyone up. They actually got a player to take his contract. Sam Presti is so smart by getting draft picks, trading up by taking contracts. He knows he's not going to win the championship this year, so he is trying to retool, take on larger contracts to get more draft picks and try to help the young players develop. And Victor Oladipo and Davis Bertans are both players. You can see what they have left in the tank, but if not, they can just be more mentors and you can just hold on to their contract for a year while you let the young guys play. The next one is Derrick Rose to the Grizzlies. This isn't a major deal as Derrick Rose barely played for the Knicks last year, but the one thing that will be interesting to see is can he be a good mentor to John Moran who has had some off-the-court issues, so will Derrick Rose be able to be a good mentor and keep him in line? Fred Van Leet signed with the Rockets for three years, $130 million. Fred Van Leet is a, one of the really good stories in the NBA. He went from being an undrafted player to making three years, $130 million, over $40 million a year. The interesting thing about this is Fred Van Leet is a very good player, but I don't know if he's a $43 million a year player, but the Rockets were handing out a lot of big contracts this offseason, which was quite interesting. But they got Fred Van Leet. He's probably the best player on their team, or at least one of them, so that's a good deal for them all along. The Lakers made a few big signings and were considered one of the major wins of this offseason, and two of them being Rui Hachimura, they re-signed for three years, $51 million, and for the mid-level exception, they signed Gabe Vincent for three years, $33 million. Both these signings aren't the biggest deal in my mind. Rui Hachimura came off the bench for them. He played decent in their playoff run. It might be slight overpay, but it is what it is on that front. And Gabe Vincent is a very good signing. He played very well for Miami in the finals. He was a good player. Sometimes he would start. Sometimes he would play more of a sixth or seventh man role for $11 million a year. That's a pretty good role for him right there. And the final signing they had was D'Angelo Russell for two years, $37 million. Which, I mean, compared to D'Angelo Russell's last contract, that doesn't seem like too much, but that still is a decent amount of money, all things considered, so I don't think there's any issues with that. And then they also signed for very little money Jackson Hayes. This isn't really a big deal. The only reason I want to note it is because he's a former number eight pick in the draft, so maybe something can happen with him and that, and maybe he can turn it around being in L.A. Herb Jones signed four years, $54 million to the Pelicans. The thing about this is I'm a little surprised he didn't get more unless he was not able to based on his rookie contract and whatnot because Herb Jones was one of the best defensive players of the year. He was really good on defense. He could score a little bit. He was a great player for the Pelicans last year. I would think with some of these other people and some other people getting a lot of money, potentially even double what he got, 
I would have thought he would have gotten a little bit more money. But, I mean, he got he got $54 million is a lot of money, so good for him. But someone who I thought he would have gotten similar money to is Cam Johnson, who re-signed with the Nets for four years, $108 million. Cam Johnson got double what Herb Jones is, and I don't know if, if he's two times the better player. But Cam Johnson, he is a good player. He probably deserved close to that. Maybe a l that's a little too much, but he deserved close to that. So all things considered, that's not a bad deal for him. And then the Nets also get to keep him, and they're trying to build around their pieces they traded for Kevin Durant with, which were him and Mikael Bridges. The Raptors signed at Jacopoto for four years, $80 million. This deal made absolutely no sense to me. While Poto is a very good center, $20 million for a center, unless he is a top three to five center in the league, doesn't make sense. There's new ones every year. Center is just not a position that you should be spending a lot of money unless you have an elite guy like a Jokic, potentially when Binyama in the future, or someone like that. So this deal just didn't make too much sense to me, but the Raptors were trying to replace some of the guys they lost. So it's a good deal for them with that respect. I just think it was a, maybe a little bit of an overpay. And in their same conference, the Chris Middleton resigned with the Bucks for three years, $102 million. Whether it's an overpair or not doesn't matter. You have to resign Middleton. You have to keep the core together. While they did lose Brooke Lopez to another team, at least they were able to retain Middleton for that amount of money, which is similar to his last contract. But you have to try to keep Giannis happy, and they have to try to extend Giannis at some point. Now, this next one, I have a lot of questions about based on reports that have come out since it happened. Kyrie Irving signed with the Mavs again for three years, $126 million. What's really interesting about this is there were reports that no one else was willing to offer Kyrie Irving a major contract. If this was the case, why did the Mavericks give him over $40 million a year? They traded for Kyrie Irving and then proceeded to get worse and miss the playoffs. So that experiment seems to go on wrong. Maybe you don't want to have traded nothing, so you want to resign him. But if you just resigned him for over $40 million a year when no other team was willing to give him that much money, that just doesn't make much sense to me. I think it's not good on their GM. And they should have probably tried to find that through or at least wait a little bit on Kyrie and not send him the first day of free agency if they just did a massive, massive overpay for him. Speaking of overpays, Max Drews signed with the Cavs for four years, $64 million. Now, when you just look at that, that doesn't seem like a huge amount of money compared to a lot of the contracts that we're hearing about today. But for Max Drews, he was more of a mid-level exception, three years, $33 million type of guy. He played well in the finals, but he hasn't really been anything except for just in the finals and maybe a little bit in the playoffs. He hit some big shots. So overall, I think this is a big overpay for the Cavs. I think it's based on too much recent stuff I think he should have maybe gone to three years 33 not four years 64 and the Cavs also re-signed Karis LeVert for two years 32 million this isn't that bad to me because while that could be a decent amount of money 16 million a year maybe that's a little much it's only a two-year deal and he was hurt for most of the last year so he didn't really get to show them what he got what he has so I think that's an okay deal for them as it is only two years the next deal, though, is a massive, massive overpay, which clearly for them is not going to end up working out. Jeremy Grant signed back with the Portland Trailblazers for five years, $160 million. At the time, it seemed like they were making this deal to try to please Damian Lillard, but as you will hear later, and we will go on about later, he is already demanded a trade request, and he was refusing to go back to the team. 
So, with Damian Lillard gone, they will have Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons once Lillard is traded, and this just doesn't seem like a team that's going to be competing this year, as Yusuf Nurkic is also on the trade block, it has been reported. So why pay this guy over $30 million a year for the next five years when you're not really going to be competing? It doesn't make much sense to me. I think it makes more sense to just let the young guys develop and end up paying them and then try to just retool in the draft. But at the time, I think they were trying to please Damian Lillard, though apparently he may have requested the trade before this deal was signed. That part is a little unclear, but all in all, I think it's just a massive overpay for Jeremy Graham. And the next deal is Bruce Brown for two years, $45 million to the Pacers. Whether this is an overpay or not, I don't know if it matters too much. Bruce Brown was impacted a lot by Jokic, and anyone who plays around Jokic will be looking much better than they actually are. So only time will tell if this is an overpay. The one thing that I found quite funny about this Bruce Brown signing is at the Nuggets parade, Michael Malone, when he talks about Bruce Brown, saying there's no way Bruce Brown is leaving and they are running it back. Now, that may not age as well as he is not running it back with them. He is signed with another team. So overall with the deal, I don't really have many problems with it. He played really well. If he plays the same as he does with the Nuggets, that is a good contract. But I just thought it was funny that Mike Malone, the Nuggets coach, thought he would be coming back and he is not. Kyle Kuzma re-signed with the Wizards for four years, $102 million. The interesting thing about this is the Wizards are trying to rebuild and they re-signed him. Though he did have a very good season, I would re-sign him too if I was them. So I don't really have many issues with it. I just think it's interesting that they're re-signing him after wanting to rebuild, maybe do a sign-in trade, maybe trade at some point. I'm not really sure. But for now, they've signed him for slightly over $25 million a year, 25.5 average annual salary. So with that being said, not a big deal for them. That's about what he was supposed to get paid. So good job for them for resigning him. And someone who got a very similar deal was Draymond Green got four years, 100 million to return to the Warriors. Now, there wasn't much of a question to me if he was going to return to the Warriors. Yes, there was some talk about the Kings. But all things considered, Draymond Green is a warrior and will always be a warrior. The one interesting thing to me is why he took so much money and wouldn't take less money to try to help them compete. Last year, they showed that they are not up to the talent that some of those other teams competing with them are up to. So why do you still take $25 million? You've gotten paid. You've gotten 20 plus million every other year of your career. Unless you've been reckless and paid and already spent all that money, I don't see why you take this much money. When you could take half of it, get four years, 50 million, you're still getting over $10 million a year, which is a lot of money. And your team could go spend that 50 million on someone else. So that part didn't make much sense to me. But then again some of the stuff the Warriors do and some of Draymond Green's comments don't make much sense to me either. So Draymond Green, four years, 100 million to the Warriors. That was all in day one of free agency. And then in day two, up until right now, when you're hearing this podcast, they have, DeMontis Sabonis has re-signed with the Kings for five years, 217 million. And normally I would say you don't want to pay a big man that much money, but they got to the playoffs for the first time ever in many, many years. So it makes sense that they would pay someone that much money who just got them there. And as Kings fan would say, they want to light the beam. Dante DiVincenzo signed for four years, 50 million. He went away from the Warriors. It was quite interesting to me that he went away from the Warriors because he had so much success for them. If they had only signed Draymond Green for $50 million, then they would have been able to retain Dante DiVincenzo for another $50 million, but nonetheless, he does not resign with them. Lamelo Ball got an extension five years, $260 million. Now, he is the franchise player for them, but is he really over $50 million a year worth with his bonuses that he's probably going to get? I don't know. 
but he they do have to pay a little tax for the small market team, just like they did for Gordon Hayward. They overpaid him, but it's because you don't get as many people in the small market. So good job to LaMelo getting his money, getting everything that he needs there. He's clearly the franchise player, and the Hornets re-signed him, so they do have their star player there for at least the next five years. Then this next one wouldn't be quite as interesting without Tyrese Halliburton's comments. Tyrese Halliburton first signed a five-year, $260 million extension with the Pacers, which is a good deal for him and the Pacers. But the interesting thing was then the Pacers traded for Obi Toppin and they traded two second-round picks to get him. From the Knicks' perspective, they're just unloading on their high first-round pick as a loss. They are getting rid of him and just trying to retool. But for the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton compared him and Obi Toppin's connection to a potential Patrick Mahomes-Tyree Kill connection. This was just strange to me. I don't know why he would compare it to that. Maybe they will be, and I will just be proven wrong, and Obi Toppin will play like the player he was drafted to be. But to me, that seemed a little interesting and normally wouldn't be worthy enough for me to mention it here. But just the connection that Tyrese Halliburton seems to think they'll have was quite interesting to me. Austin Reeves also re-signed for four years of $56 million to the Lakers. What was interesting about this is the Lakers put out before that they would match any deal that was given to Austin Reeves. But as I've heard on multiple different places, specifically from Bill Simmons on the Bill Simmons podcast, I don't know why teams didn't offer him four years, $96 million or something along those lines, offer him whatever the max that he could get was to make the Lakers match him. A team like the Spurs could have and paired him with Victor Wenbanyama, and that could have been a good thing for them, and they could have made the Lakers play more. I don't understand why that didn't happen, but it didn't, and Reeves is back with the Lakers. For the other LA team, Russell Westbrook re-signed with the Clippers for two years, $8 million. The interesting thing about that is Russell Westbrook is coming off making $40 million a year, and now he's going to be making $4 million a year. For the Clippers, this is a great, great deal. I don't know why Westbrook didn't get more money. He was expected to get about $10 million a year, and he didn't get $10 million in two years. But overall, it's a great deal for the Clippers. Russell Westbrook is not the most amazing player in the world, but he is really good for $4 million a year compared to what some of these other players have been getting throughout free agency. Jordan Clarkson, one of the best six men in basketball, re-signed with the Jazz for three years at $55 million as an extension. Now this deal is interesting to me because he is a good shooter, but he doesn't do much more than score, so a slightly under $20 million seems a little much, but the Jazz are trying to compete, it seems like, as they're potentially going to be going after Damian Lillard. I don't think they will get him, but they are potentially going to be going after him, so good deal for them to try to re-sign some of their guys. Then there was Anthony Edwards re-signed with the Timberwolves for five years, $207 million, which could go up to $260 million, as some of the other re-signing deals could. So that's a good deal. They're locking up their franchise player. That's probably what he was going to get, especially when some of those other players were getting those types of deals. Grant Williams was traded to the Dallas Mavericks in a three-team deal, and then once the Mavericks got him, they re-signed him to a four-year $53 million extension. Grant Williams seems like he was done in Boston, so going to the Mavericks, maybe he can help Luka, and they can maybe try to win some more games than they did last year, make the playoffs, or at the very least the play-in this year, as Luka Doncic should be able to do that. So Grant Williams will hopefully be able to help him with that. 
as I am recording this, a few minutes ago, it got released that DeJounte Murray and the Atlanta Hawks are finalizing a four-year, $112 million extension that could be worth up to $120 million. This is a good deal. It's slightly under $30 million, which is a good deal for DeJounte Murray. I like this from both sides. He's getting a lot of money. The Hawks are getting him for four years after they traded a lot for him. Good deal all around. And our final topic for the NBA offseason to close out this podcast episode, this NBA offseason special, is, of course, Damian Lillard and James Harden. We can start with James Harden. James Harden has requested a trade after opting into his contract. The big teams that have been around him are the Knicks and the Clippers. The Knicks have been kind of out on him recently, so it's mainly the Clippers. The one interesting thing to me is that all the mock trades I've seen with the Clippers, they aren't giving anything up much. They are just giving Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, maybe Terrence Mann, who came out today, they were not willing to throw into a James Harden deal, which James Harden has requested, I think, three trade requests in the last two years, so potentially that is fair. But it is interesting to me how little they would be giving up for James Harden. So James Harden clearly does not have the value he used to after all his trade requests. People don't know how long he'll be around for. He maybe also needs to put in some more effort into getting ready for the season and whatnot after coming in out of shape potentially in the past. So some stuff with that is the James Harden drama. And James Harden will probably be traded, though I don't see the 76ers rushing to make a deal right away. I think they will try to get the most amount possible, as they did for Ben Simmons. And finally, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has requested a trade, and not only just requested a trade, he has requested a trade to the Miami Heat. He came out that he would only like to be traded to the Heat. He's specifically requesting a trade to the Heat. What I don't understand about that is he doesn't have a no-trade clause, to my understanding. And yes, I understand you only want to be traded to the Heat, but why? Yes, they made the finals, but arguably the Boston Celtics might be a better team, especially with you on them. You could argue the Clippers might be good. Not the Utah Jazz, though they apparently are potentially going to be going after him. The Knicks, there are so many teams going after Damian Lillard. I don't understand why he would want to just go only to the Heat. I also don't understand why it took him so long to request a trade. And now all of a sudden, now that he has it, it must be the Heat. So some stuff with that situation just doesn't quite add up. But if he wants to go to the Heat, odds are he will probably go to the Heat. And they will give up players like Nikola Jovic... Jaime Jaquez and a bunch of picks and probably even throwing Tyler Hero. And because of money, it will have to be a three-team trade. So some other team will probably get some assets out of it as well. And that is going to do it for this episode of The Buzz with Ben with the NBA Offseason Special Edition. I hope you enjoyed all of the signings and my thoughts on them, as well as my thoughts on the James Harden and Damian Lillard trade stuff. As the saying goes, it is nice to be important, but it is more important to be nice. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.